Hello and welcome to the monthly Megabyte CEO Barometer. At Megabyte we track the financial performance, corporate activity and strategic positioning of over 6,000 of the UK's leading technology and digital businesses. Each month our research team analyses dozens of results and corporate transactions in the UK tech sector. As well as delivering extensive company financial and transaction data, our team leverages some 500 CEO relationships to bring our subscribers deep insight into the companies and technology peer groups we track. The aim of this show every month is to summarise the research and data on the Megabyte platform from the last month with a particular focus on the key themes around corporate activity and valuations. Of course, subscribers can get access to all of the underlying research and data on the Megabyte platform and if you think that the research that we provide at Megabyte may be of help to you and you're not yet a subscriber, we'd love to hear from you. The best thing to do is to go to uh, our website at megabyte.com and hit the request uh, trial button and you can now set up an automatic trial of our news analysis service, the Megabyte Newswire, um, and also request a demo of the wider platform. So if that's of use to you, or you think it might be of use to you, we'd love to hear from you. So here's a quick canter through the key highlights from October's Megabyte CEO Barometer. Despite an improving picture on interest rates and inflation, it was a lacklustre month again for share prices during September and we saw meaningful reductions in tech share prices on both sides of the Atlantic. In particular, I'd highlight UK software sector share prices which were, were off meaningfully and the valuation on those uh, companies on average is now the lowest it's been for five years. Indeed, even lower than it was in March 2020 when we were at the point of maximum uncertainty about COVID. Deal flow was also much quieter in September uh, after what uh, was really a quite a busy summer, much busier than we'd expected. There were a total of 85 deals registered on the Megabyte database during September and that was down by a third year on year. However, I think the key factor really here is to think about Q3 as a whole. So I'll just talk you through some of the key highlights of those statistics, which I think give a better picture of the overall uh, direction of travel in the market. Notwithstanding the weak share prices I talked about, we are still seeing tentative green shoots of recovery in the capital markets deal flow. There were nine deals added to our database in Q3 compared to eight last year. And also we're seeing a recovery in the VC markets, really quite a notable recovery. Although deal numbers were down slightly uh, during Q3 to 98, we did actually see a meaningful increase in the value of those deals up to 1.4 billion uh, from 1.1 billion in Q3 2022. And indeed, there is a, a pretty solid market within private equity. And I think the, the highlight there, I think, is a thawing of the secondary buyout market, which has been really quite, uh, quite uh, weak so far this year as private equity investors have really wanted to see what's the, what the new direction for the market is. And we saw a total of 28 uh, private equity deals uh, during Q3, up slightly on last year. As I mentioned, the M&A volumes are really quite weak still, and I think we're seeing a, 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 you know, the result of, of more expensive debt, less availability of debt, and we saw a 28% reduction in M&A deals on our database during Q3, down to 142, uh, and that was um, you know, one of the weakest performances we've seen for some time. So in terms of the outlook, I think what we're seeing is that, uh, that the markets, investors and, and companies are generally getting used to the new norm of higher interest rates and higher inflation, although that picture, as I said, is improving. I think notable highlights for me are the thawing of the SBO market and also a, a, a definite turn, I think, in the VC market. But I do think we're likely to see continuing weakness in the M&A market as debt costs remain high. So that's a quick canter through the key highlights for this month. Let's get on with the show.
So looking in a bit more detail at what was going on within share prices and, uh, and also in terms of deal activity on the capital markets during September. And as I mentioned, it was a really quite weak period for share prices on both sides of the Atlantic. The, uh, the megabyte universe of 150 UK listed tech stocks, uh, that was down 2.5% during September. And the valuation on those stocks on average was down 4% to 11.6 times current year. EV EBITDA, and that's only a fraction higher now than it was uh, in March 2020, the low point of the previous cycle, obviously related to COVID. In particular, software stocks were weak. Uh, they were down 3% on average um, during the month, and the valuation was down even more, down to 12.4 times, and that is indeed slightly below where it was in March 2020, which I find actually really quite surprising, uh, just how weak they've been in the last few months. Uh, a bit of a better picture on ICT services, but not wildly, uh, wildly so. Share prices were down only slightly to one per, uh, by 1%, and the EV EBITDA multiple, the average for ICT services, um, was up 7% actually to 9.6 times. And uh, that's actually a welcome recovery because those, those valuations have been under a lot of pressure over the last few months. For context, the FTSE 250 was down 2% also in September. So to be honest with you, the tech sector um, underperforming broadly in line or in performing broadly in line with the wider UK market. Things were even tougher on the, uh, the other side of the pond. The Nasdaq, the tech-heavy Nasdaq, was down 6% during September, and the EV EBITDA on, those, uh, on that index on average was down 5% to 15.8 times. And the BVP Nasdaq Cloud Index uh, of 100 high-growth SaaS stocks, that was down 8% in September, and the EV sales multiple was down by a similar amount to 6.8 times. So tough, tough, tough month on the markets. Um, I do still think that... Um, uh, sentiment overall is improving very gradually in UK capital markets, um, but I have to say it is very tentative. I'm not going to suggest there's some kind of major renaissance going on. In fact, there was actually only one deal um, announced during September, which was down significantly year on year. Um, but actually, I think, as I said in the opening of the show, the Q3 numbers provide a slightly better picture, I think, of what's really going on. And there were the same number of FPOs in Q3 this year as there were Q3 last year and one IPO this year and none last year. So a, a slight uptick in deal activity in Q3 this year, year on year, um, but I'm not going to pretend to you that it's some kind of major recovery. And I think it is, you know, turning to the outlook and just thinking about that before I move on, it, it is going to be really hard to see a really strong recovery in, in, uh, in capital markets deal flow until we get some improvement in, in share prices, sentiment and valuation. And although there was one IPO in the quarter, uh, there were actually two public to private. So there was one business coming on the market and two coming off. So um, that's not a great picture. And also um, Alpha Financial Software, which has been in talks on and off uh, for uh, public to private, uh, renewed its talks during September as well, which I'll talk, uh, talk more about in a minute. So the de-equitisation, the long-term de-equitisation story of the UK capital markets from a tech sector perspective continues, and I don't expect that to change, but I do think that we are seeing um, a slight improvement, a gradual improvement in the um, in sentiment overall, uh, but it's very gradual. So that's a quick look at what's going on in the capital markets. Let's turn next to look in a little bit more detail about what's been happening in the world of private equity. So those of you who listen to the show regularly will know that I've been really quite cautious about the outlook for private equity deal activity this year. And it has been relatively quiet, I guess, over the last few months. And there was a couple of reasons for my caution. One was really the, the, the difficulties in the PE fundraising market itself. It's become a lot harder over the last 12 months, as I've talked about quite a lot on the show over the last, uh, over the last few months, to, for private equity funds themselves to raise capital. And I felt that was really going to potentially have an impact on the amount of capital deployed in the market. Candidly, it doesn't seem 
seem to have had too much of an effect so far, um, but I think it has had some effect. The other thing has really been a very slow secondary buyout market. Private equity funds have been, understandably, I guess, really sort of wanting to see where valuations, I think, settle before exiting uh, some of their portfolio companies. So we've seen quite a weak market there, but that really seems to be the, the story of the, of the data in the last few months that things seem to be, certainly in September anyway, things seem to be improving and a couple of the deals really signify that, I think, and I'll talk about that in a second. But before we dive into that, just looking at the data um, in a bit more detail. So during September, we registered six uh, private equity deals on the Megabyte database, two management buyouts, four secondary buyouts, no carve-outs, no public to privates. And uh, that was up from five last year, so a slight increase overall. Q3 data, strong performance in uh, management buyouts, 15 compared to 11 last year. Slightly down on secondary buyouts, uh, 10 versus 11 in Q3 last year, but an improving trend as we go through, as we went through the quarter. One carve out compared to three in Q3 2022, two public private uh, compared to one last year. That's a total of 28 transactions um, up from 26 last year. So pretty solid, pretty robust within that, uh, pretty much all areas of, of the private equity market. And just diving into some of those deals to really you know, solidify, particularly what I'm saying around secondary buyouts, two really meaningful mid-market secondary buyouts to talk about, ask for in the telecom services market, particularly around student accommodation. This is a business that's been in the Beaumark portfolio uh, for a number of years and has been, they've sold their stake to GI Capital as a US infrastructure fund for what we think was about 200 million. And kind of probably the most interesting thing about the deal, or one of the most interesting things about that deal, was the fact that we think it was done at about 20 times run rate EBITDA, which is really interesting because it's pretty rare to see a multiple starting with a two at any part of the sector at the moment, let alone in ICT services. So a reflection there, I think, of, uh, of a great deal for Beaumark, but also uh, the very high level of recurring revenue within Ask4, and also I think it's, it's strong positioning in the student market. Secondly, um, on the SBOs, Comify, this is a, a, again a telecom services business, very software heavy telecom services business, application to, pe to person messaging platform that's been owned by HG Capital for a number of years. They sold their stake to ECI, uh, valuing the business at 258 million, uh, low teens, uh, low to mid-teens uh, trailing EV EBITDA multiple, which is kind of what we'd expect for a business like that. So again, nice stable, ordinary deal, if you like, if you, if you don't mind me using those terms, which I think is good evidence of, of the kind of unlocking of this SBO market, as I've said. Also a couple of smaller, uh, also a couple of smaller deals in the IT managed services space, DSP um, in the Oracle space, Zen Zero, both of these businesses doing secondary buyouts, LDC investing in DSP and Macquarie investing in Zen Zero. So activity starting to go on there at the smaller end as well. Also a couple of MBOs to talk about. Alita Capital uh, invested in Jumar Solutions. It's a 50 million turnover IT consulting business. S continuing strength in terms of deal activity in IT consulting. And Term Capital investing in CA Design Services, a small 5 million turnover CAD software business. Nothing in terms of actual deals announced in P2Ps uh, during September, but I should just touch on Alpha Financial Software, a 550 million market cap fintech business listed in London. And that, that business has been, uh, was in talks earlier in the summer with EQT, potentially about a public to private. That didn't come to anything in the end, uh, but it's now in talks with Thomas H. Lee about a P2P. And those of you familiar with that business will know that the, the management team owns a significant majority of the shares, so they can kind of do what they want. So I, I, I felt for a while that that business is going to go private at some point. It's just a case of finding the right, the right investor for them. So that'll be another meaningful P2P to talk about when it happens. 
So thinking about the outlook for public for uh, for private equity, I think that uh, as I'm, I'm said it a few times now that the secondary buyout market is probably the most interesting kind of change I think from the last time we spoke. And I think now we will potentially see a bit of an unlocking of that market. I think there's been quite a lot of pent up kind of demand, if you like, for SBOs. And I think as people feel more confident in the valuation outlook, albeit that those valuations might be a couple of turns lower than they were 18 months ago, uh, there are a total of 536 private equity-backed businesses on the Megabyte database across software and ICT services. So you would normally be seeing on an average hold period of four or five years, maybe 10 or 12 um, exits from that portfolio every month. Um, now, they're not all going to be secondary buyouts because a number of those businesses will be sold to trade. But we, I'd expect to see at least three or four SBOs a month from that portfolio, from that kind of group of companies. And we've been seeing a lot less than that over the last few months. We obviously saw four during September. So that's starting to feel like, the, like we're going to get back to the norm. And actually, what we might see if people get more confident about the uh, kind of valuations being stable and predictable we might see a heightened level of SBO as some of the backlog gets cleared over the next few quarters. So I think that actually my, my perception of what's happening in private equity market is improving, notwithstanding some of the comments about the PE fundraising market, which remains quite challenging. And I still think we're going to see some funds struggling to raise their next, their next fund. Uh, but notwithstanding that, it feels like the outlook for private equity is reasonably robust. Um, so that's it for PE. A quick canter through what's been going on there. A little bit more detail than usual because I think it's been very interesting this month. I'll now talk about what's been going on in venture and growth capital, which is also a pretty positive story. You probably don't need me to tell you that it really has been quite a torrid 18 months for the venture capital market, but it really does now feel like the tide is turning for the better. And, uh, and I think that the, the data really bears that out. As I mentioned at the top of the show, actually deal numbers were down for Q3 as a whole in venture and growth capital. We registered 98 on the database, down from 107. But those 98 deals raised 1.4 billion compared to 1.1 billion uh, in Q3 last year. So uh, really quite, you know, quite significant that more money is raised in Q3 compared to the previous year. For, so that's the first quarterly year-on-year -year increase since, I think, Q2 2022. So that's a meaningful turnaround, I think. Looking at September... 36 deals uh, down from 40, but again, raising 464 million up from 360 uh, in the previous year, up 22, 29%. So uh, it really does feel to me, and just anecdotally talking to people in the market, it does feel like we've hit that nadir in venture capital and we're coming out the other side. I'm not suggesting we're gonna get anywhere near back to where we were in 2021. I'm not sure that would be a good thing anyway, um, but um, you know, definitely feels like we've got some, some recovery going on there. Looking at the different series of deals, I think the, where we're really still struggling is pre-series A. I think people are still very cautious at that very early stage, and I think that's probably going to continue. Um, but we've got pretty robust numbers around series A and series B, and definitely a slight increase in the later stage deals. Still not, not, not nearly as many as there were in 2021 and the early days of 2022. But some meaningful deals coming through now within those series is the businesses that have really continued to execute um, over the last 12 months are able to continue to raise um, chunks of money at decent valuations, albeit probably not as crazy as they were last time round. So looking at a couple of those deals, probably the most significant one this year was HiBob. This is a really high profile, one of the leading VC-backed businesses in the HCM software market. That business raised $150 million, roughly £121 million in a Series E, valuing the business at, reportedly valuing the business at $2.7 million. That was about 10% higher than the Series D they did about a year ago. So they are, you know, they are seeing 
uh, increased in overall valuation, but bearing in mind, I'm guessing that business probably doubled its revenue in that period, that the EV sales multiple is probably going to be quite a bit lower than it was a year ago, as you'd expect. Um, and uh, High Bob has now raised over 500 million sterling. So that is proving to be one of the kind of success stories of the VC market. Um, slightly smaller, but still significant, I think Flow Live, it's an IoT platform, raised 38 million in the Series C, and slightly off to one side, um, also in this part of the market, because it counts as growth capital. Talk Talk, raising 75 million in growth capital on KKR. Um, you know, those of you who read our research from my esteemed colleague and business partner, Philip Cast, who knows this business inside out and back to front, um, they are, Talk Talk is going through a rather complicated three-way demerger. I think it's probably only, you probably only ever do a three-way demerger in a complicated way. I'm not sure there's a simple way to do a three-way demerger. But anyway, um, and KKR have put 75 million to sort of smooth the way there. Heavily indebted Talk Talk. So it's, uh, I'm sure, very welcome, that extra injection of capital. So really feels like a more positive uh, kind of positioning within the VC market. I would highlight one note of caution though, and that's a slight dis di sort of um, disjoint, I guess, between what we're seeing as an improved fundraising market and what I'm hearing anecdotally in the market is that a lot of businesses are still really struggling out there and actually possibly more than they were earlier in the year in terms of their trading. Just growing a business at 100% or more a year at the moment is incredibly challenging for everyone except for you know, the really very, very strongest businesses like High Bob I talked about, Quantex I talk about a lot, these, these halo companies. For the, for the vast majority of VC-backed companies trying to grow at that rate, also probably having had to cut their costs because they want to reduce their cash burn is really challenging. And I, I wouldn't want to tell you that the VC market in terms of the companies in these portfolios are not really finding it hard going because many of them are. Um, but uh, the fundraising market definitely feels like it's improving. And I do think that trend will continue. Again, as I said at the beginning of this, this seg segment, I don't think we're going to see a return to the 2021 uh, market anytime soon. And I'm pleased about that because it was, um, it was OTT. Um, but I do think we're going to get back to a good level of fundraising at the kind of 1.5 billion per quarter, which is where we were pre-COVID. So that's looking at VC market. And I will um, wrap up the show, as I always do, with a look at the slightly downbeat M&A market and wrap up with a look at the outlook more generally. The important context really when thinking about the M&A uh, M market is thinking about what's happening in the debt market. Although obviously availability of debt does have an impact on capital, on sort of corporate activity across the board, it feels to me like it's particularly impacted M&A um, volumes, particularly in ICT over the last 12 months. Um, you know, this is the, the sort of the playbook for a lot of private equity backed businesses is equity investment, maybe not a huge amount of debt at the time of the investment, particularly at the lower end of the market. Um, you know, take out a reasonably uh, chunky M&A debt facility to go and buy a bunch of companies and then go and do that. Um, very low price debt um, that reduces the risk of the outcome of uh, the M&A uh, activity that you're engaged in and also um, enables you to play them a multiple arbitrage game buying businesses at whatever it is in ICT services five to ten times and selling your business then at 10 to 15 times EBITDA. That playbook has been seriously hampered by the increase in rates over the last 12 months and I think that in itself is a is the single most uh, significant thing why we've seen such a such a rapid slowdown in uh, M&A volumes over the last 12 months. I'm um, looking at the details of what's been going on in September and over Q3. Total deal uh, numbers in September were down 45% on to be fair quite a busy month in September last year but nevertheless significant underlying reduction in deals. ICT services deals pretty much halved to 20. Software deals actually almost pretty much halved uh, to 22 uh, in September. To get a bit of a, a better picture of the underlying um, performance, uh, the total deal numbers, M&A deal numbers were down 28% in Q3. 
to 142, uh, down a third in ICT services and down 22% in, in software. So it's really these roll-ups in ICT services where, we, where we've seen the biggest slowing of, of activity over the last couple of quarters. Um, so I don't think that should come as any surprise to anybody that that's slowing down, and I think it's probably likely to continue. But I'll talk about the outlook in a minute. Just touching on some of the notable deals, not that there were that many, to be honest with you, during September. Um, and, and it really was a particularly quiet month in ICT services for those kind of run rate deals. But a couple of more interesting deals to talk about in the infrastructure, sort of IT infrastructure space and telecoms infrastructure. Virgin Media O2 acquiring up for what we think was 90 million. That's a merger of fiber assets. And Enlighten acquiring Proximity's data centers for what we think was about 100 million. So that's data center infrastructure. So there's still quite a lot of interest in these um, infrastructure assets, uh, whether you're talking about fiber, which is a story in its own right. Go, please go and read Philip's um, report on fiber because it's a fascinating market at the moment, um, but also in data center infrastructure. But in terms of other deals, really very quiet in, in ICT services and also on software, I have to say. Uh, no large deals to mention in the software sector during uh, during September. I will just highlight the government and healthcare software market um, in terms of, you know, quite a lot of, act nothing major, but quite a lot of activity going on there. Uh, seven of the deals, seven of the 22 deals we talked about in September were in that part of the market. And it's actually quite a small part of the part of the market in terms of numbers of companies. So quite interesting that, that was, that's quite active. And we've got a couple of PE funds really focusing on that. August Equity's got a couple of businesses in the, broadly in this space, really quite different businesses, but both in this space. Agilio acquiring um, Colourful CPD and a business called StarTrack, which is in more in the public sector space. Uh, that uh, was a business that August, August Equity invested in fairly recently, and they, did their, they completed their first acquisition in September. And also Livingbridge-backed uh, Nourish, Nourish Care Systems acquired Care Planner. So there's a couple of kind of roll-ups going on in that kind of government healthcare software space in the lower mid-market at the moment, which is kind of interesting. So overall in M&A, you know, really quiet. I, I, I've explained the reasons why I think that is the case or largely why that is the case. As, as sentiment generally improves in the sector, as I feel it will during next year, I, I suppose we will see some underlying improvement in, in M&A activity. But this, this whole kind of debt thing is obviously not going to go away. There's no suggestion that interest rates are going to come rattling back to where they were anytime soon. Indeed, they may still yet go a little bit higher. So I think that, that we are, we've seen a relatively permanent reduction in the number of, uh, can you have a relatively permanent reduction? I'm not sure. Anyway, you know what I mean? I think we, we I don't think we're going to see a return to the pre-COVID um, kind of levels or pre-higher interest rate levels of uh, M&A activity anytime soon. Uh, but, uh, you know, I do think improving sentiment might have a slightly positive effect next year. But overall, I think we're going to be in, in, in a relatively quiet period for the next, uh, for, for the next few months at least. Thinking more broadly about the outlook, I think I've covered most of the kind of key points. I think the SBO market will continue to uh, improve and I think actually might see a little bit of a mini boom as, the, uh, as, as some of the kind of backlog is cleared. And I think we're through the worst, certainly the VC market, and that feels like definitely feels like it's now improving. And capital markets, I'm not going to get excited about that, but I do think the green shoots are coming through very slowly um, and it will be a better year in 2024 than it was this year. But that is a low bar, let's be honest. So that's kind of all I wanted to say about what's happening in the market this month. I wanted to end this month just with a bit, really a bit of a request and a, and a bit of a putting it out there. I am about to kick off a research program looking at AI readiness amongst software and ICT services companies. This is, um, this is part of our... Um, 
our, our uh, CEO strategy program that we we kicked off last year. We now it's been it was an event uh, on its own last year. For the coming year, it's going to be much more of a program with multiple events, and also we want to get a research element into it. And I'm going to be talking to as many companies as I can about how they're embedding um, AI into their product and service strategies, and also how they are using. Uh, AI internally to improve their operation, operational efficiency, etc. And I'll be producing a report in, um, in later in Q1 or maybe in the spring. We'll also be running an event around that so I can talk about the findings on that. If you'd like to talk to me about that, if, you've, if, you, if you think you've got something interesting to say about what you're doing with AI or you simply want to engage, I'd love to hear from you. If we're already connected or you know where I am, please drop me a line. Um, if you don't know me personally, please just try and connect with me on LinkedIn and we can, we can have a chat. I'd love to talk to probably a few dozen companies over the next few months about what they're doing and synthesize that into a report that talks about not so much best, best practice, but really about some guidance about what, what, you know, what good looks like maybe from a product strategy, service strategy perspective, as well as I said about how people are using AI internally. Anyone who gets involved with that and talks to me about the, that what they're doing will get a free copy of the report. So um, love to hear from you if that's of interest. So that's it for this month. Um, good to talk to you again. I hope you found that useful and interesting. And we enter Q4 um, uh, with hope in our hearts that things are getting better. I certainly feel like uh, the, uh, the outlook is better than it's been for some time. So I look forward to speaking to you again next month. And until then, uh, take care and stay safe.